Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, whether they're eBooks or earrings. Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And I'm here with Jeff, the 420 chef. And I'll be completely transparent with my audience here. This is the second time we're recording this. <laughs> so we've uh, we had a conversation uh, several weeks ago, probably a month or two ago. An amazing, amazing conversation. Unfortunately, the recording didn't uh, happen quite the way I needed it to. So we're on a redo. But Jeff, welcome to the program. <laughs> Uh, thanks for having me back. <laughs> uh, and Jeff, we're going to talk a little bit about his background in culinary and cannabis. Um, he's got uh, he's got some books. He's got some products he's developed. We're going to hear about all of that. But why don't we start with just kind of understanding the backstory? So, how did you get into the culinary arts? How did you get into cannabis? How did this come to fruition for you? It's, it's crazy. You know, I, I believe in kismet and the universe actually brings you where you're supposed to be. Yeah. I had been going through, you know, that midlife crisis part of your life, you know, yeah. like wondering what am I going to do next with my life or whatnot. And a friend of mine's mother ended up, you know, she, uh, she had cancer and um, he would reach out to me for my cooking and baking just because she liked my, my, you know, cakes and cookies and stuff. And then when she was given a medical recommendation for cannabis to help alleviate the pain, yeah. um, he called and said, you know, she she can smoke, you know, at that time, vaping wasn't even an option. Yeah. You know, there was just nothing really out there. It was either flour or or edibles, right? Yeah. And the old-fashioned type of edibles. Yeah. You know, so I said, well, I don't know what I can do. Maybe I can make some brownies, you know, and I started uh, making brownies and cakes and stuff like that. But there was always that underlying terrible taste and yeah. took away from what I was known for, which was, you know, just like great cakes and cookies. And I wasn't yeah. even a chef back then. I was in fashion marketing. Yeah. You know, just the that I loved I just love to do that, you know? And um I set out to figure out a way to take out the cannabis flavor 
from the edibles but still keep the potency in there, which yeah. nobody had ever done before. Especially coming from flour, it's very difficult. So, you know, it took me about 18 months to figure it out, but I actually figured out how to take out the taste, from uh, the, can- the cannabis taste mm-hmm. from the cannabis. So when I make my oils and butters, the can of oil and can of butters, and I use those to, you know, cook and bake with, that the food tasted great and didn't taste like, you yeah. know, grassy or herbaceous cannabis like we're all used to. Yeah. And, so, and actually, just um, tell people because I did that, for, for those people that are not not familiar with kind yeah. of the, or the baking process or the kind of the culinary aspect of this. So, how, how do you actually go about going from real kind of raw plant product to a baked good? Like, what what are the steps from a cannabis point of view that you have to go through? Right. So, what you have to do is you have to you have to take the trichomes that are on top of the plant, which mm-hmm. is basically those little crystals that everyone knows, you know, sees, yeah. and those crystals have to somehow come off the plant to get into your cooking ingredients like a butter and oil, right? You want to put in your basing ingredients. So the issue with the cannabinoids is that they're hydrophobic, meaning that they'll stick to the plant at all costs. So until we figured out that you can actually remove the terpenes from the plant, I'm sorry, not the terpenes, remove the trichomes from the plant in a a fat. Fat for, you know, the uh, trichomes are soluble in a fat. So butter or oil is a great solvent. Mm-hmm. And you just put your plant matter in the butter and oil. The trichomes slough off over a period of time, mm-hmm. and then you have your infused uh, can of butter, or can of oil. So your base ingredients are going to be your butter and oil. Obviously, those are base ingredients to many things that we cook. So anything that you can cook with butter and oil, you can now make with cannabis. Got it. So you know we figured out that instead of you know taking your cannabis and throwing it into a crock pot like everybody did yeah. and putting your butter and oil in there and you know getting out all the schmutz that's in your you know in your in your cannabis yeah. is going into your butter and oil into your body i figured out a way to clean off that schmutz beforehand and we realized that that schmutz was really um, responsible for a lot of the taste i say schmutz but it's like dirt and, you know whatever <laughs> yeah. you would be organic um, matter of various uh, sorts organic <laughs> matter yeah but also you know chlorophyll for example chlorophyll has a, has a very bitter uh-huh. taste there's that plant taste, and we take all that out before we uh, infuse it into the butter and oil. But this, so but this was you. This was a, you at home in your kitchen, though, figuring this out. I mean, the, the original process was was very homegrown. Yes, yes. This is me in my kitchen, working every single day, yeah. obsessed getting that place. How, how, how many pounds of cannabis do you go through trying to figure out figure out this recipe? Seriously, I can't even. I can't even tell you, but I would think if I was buying a quarter of an ounce a week yeah. to do this with, and then I upgraded and so it's like a half an ounce a week, yeah. you can figure it out for yourself. Yeah. You know, it took a lot, a lot of time. And, yeah. you know, I was living in New York, but I was flying back and forth to California because they couldn't do that legally in New York, you know? Yeah. And in California, you know, I couldn't even really do it legally. I had to do it, you know, at her house or, you know, somebody else's house who had, you know, um, I have to call a medical recommendation. Yeah. It wasn't even adult respect. then. so yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of hard work, a lot of travel expenses, a lot of, you know, going back and forth and trying to figure this out, but it all paid off. Yeah. And now I teach people how to remove all those contaminants or the majority of the contaminants from their cannabis in their own home. They can do it themselves. And uh, they're not going to get a tasteless butter and oil, but they get a very light tasting butter or oil. Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple cleaning process. It takes a bit of time. It takes mm-hmm. a couple of days to really get it, you know, Stunning. really, really clean, but it works. And uh, every single person who's tried it, I've never had anybody try it and say that they hated it or that, you know, it wasn't a much better buy, um, after product than when they started. So tell me, because uh, I know we talked about this last time, tell me about the story of uh, how you kind of broke into the market from a media point of view, because there's a good challenge, I think, that was put to you that, that ultimately well, you passed. Yeah, but, yeah. 
<laughs> but, but the challenge was take out the flavor yeah. and figure out dosing, you know, and those are two big things. And if you can do that, then, you know, then you probably have something pretty valuable to, you know, to, to bring to people. And so I made a batch of cupcakes and I, I thought I ruined it because here's, I'm, I'm eating this delicious cupcake yeah. and it didn't taste like cannabis at all. Yeah. And all of a sudden, three hours later, I find myself in the aisle of CVS. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I in the snack aisle of CVS? And how did I even get here? I didn't even realize that I was super high, yeah. you know? <laughs> and um, uh, I got back to my place and I was like, holy cow, I called my friend Brian, yeah. who's very well connected to the entertainment and media field. And I said, you know, I think I just figured out how to take out the taste and, you know, yeah. completely and keep the potency. And he's like, I don't have time for this right now. Call my friend Justin Jones of the Daily Beast. Yeah. You know, maybe you can share it with him. Maybe he'll, he'll do an article for you or something. So I meet with Justin the next day. We have brunch and I give him my cupcake. And I said, you know, let me know how you like the cupcake. And he said, I'll tell you what, I want to write an article about you. I said, great. And I'll let you know in the article how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> like, okay, what do I have to lose, right? So uh, five days later, the article came out and it was Meet the Julia Child of Weed. Yeah. And from that point on, I started getting phone calls from, you know, very, very well-known chefs. I mm-hmm. mean, people I'd seen on TV or, or heard about, and all of a sudden they're calling me, can you teach me how to do this? And I said, yeah. sure, I'll teach you how to do it. I won't charge you, but what I'd like in return is for you to teach me something. Yeah. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot and taught a lot of really top chefs. And then one of those chefs called me chef, and I was like, I'm not really a chef. He goes, no, you are. He said, you've invented a culinary process that no one's ever invented before. You're teaching yeah. it to top chefs, and you're a damn great cook. I said, all right, great. (laughs) And I did the 420 Chef pretty much. And from that point on, I mean, very shortly after that, Newsweek did a four-page story on me. And Billy Daily did a huge video. They got three and a half million views. And, you know, a lot of things just started to take off. And that's why I say I believe in Kismet because the universe brought me to this place. You know, everything. I did the work that I had to do, but the universe then took that and helped me and helped guide me along the path that I was at. I became Jet to 420 Chef. That's great. Then tell me a little bit about the cookbook. So I know you, you, you put that into kind of print form. What what was the goal of the cookbook? What do you cover of the cookbook? What was that process like? After the article came out, I was getting uh, approached by all these uh, publishing companies. And, you know, uh, one of the publishing companies, um, it was a long story how we got there, but HarperCollins found out about it. And yeah. uh, I'm sitting there, you know, and I said, here, I have all these recipes. What should we do with them? And they're like, we're going to do a cookbook with you. And uh, ended up um, writing this cookbook with uh, over 100 uh, cannabis-infused recipes. But mm-hmm. the magic of the cookbook is the fact that, number one, in the book, we teach you how to clean your cannabis, that process I was telling you about. Yep. Uh, we teach you how to dose it properly. If you follow my my method for taking out, you'll be able to dose it properly. You'll be able to know how many milligrams per serving. And that's all written in the book. Each recipe will tell you. If you use a strain that X percentage and you follow our, you know, our guidelines, this is what you can look at from a potency per serving. So that's a really big seller of the cookbook. And it's gorgeous. I mean, it's Harper Collins. It was shot by an award-winning yeah. culinary photographer who, who won a James Beard Award for her last cookbook. Her name is Leela Sid. And um, it's just, it's, you know, I'm very proud of it. It was a super labor of love. I worked those, you know, 20-hour days for eight months, you know. So the cookbook's doing really well. You know, you can on Amazon, on our website, you know, any place books are sold. And it's, uh, I think, one of the top, if not the top selling. Yeah. And account. it's, I mean, and it's interesting because I think that whole kind of microdosing is where uh, it, it kind of opens up the possibilities. Because I think a lot of, if you're not kind of coming out of the, you know, traditional sort of weed culture where, you know, it's about, let's just get kind of as high as we can, as quickly as we can. And you're really looking for kind of nuanced and subtle kind of effects, or you're looking to address certain needs. If you're doing it for insomnia or you're doing it for, if you're under, you know, various medical treatments and you're looking for appetites, you know, 
all of that is about knowing exactly how much you're taking, how the effect's going to play into it, how long it's going to last, you know, and microdosing is a big part of that. And so it sounds yeah. like a lot of what you've been able to figure out to do is give people a lot more control over the dosing part. Yeah, and that's the most that's the, the most important part. You're right because dosing is a big issue, yeah. and I mean every single person out there they've had a brownie that they you know said yeah, oh exactly. my god yeah. I had one bite and it put me away. I mean like a yeah. 500 milligram brownie that's just not normal. Yeah. You know, meanwhile I want people to love my food, right? So yeah. I make great cookies, great brownies, and everything else, right? So I'm going to make each of those one and a half milligrams or two milligrams, so you can have five of my cookies yeah. and dose that at 10 milligrams, which is a really great, very mm. comfortable dose. You know, you know that you that you are feeling it, but you're not like couch locked and you don't want to crawl into a fetal position and, you know, just look there for five hours until you're done. So, you know, it's kind exactly. of crazy, but low dosing is really important and you can also play with it. You know, yeah. when you low dose food, you can do a whole entire meal where each thing is yeah. one and a half, two grams and you get, and that's how I became the, you know, the, the catering chef to the celebrities, you know, where yeah. I'm doing, you know, uh, meals that are low dosed enough, but everyone's depending so, on how much you eat. So I, I just, yeah. just to let people kind of I mean, paint the picture a little bit for folks, I'm not sure they appreciate this, that, that when, you, when you're looking at putting together, so you're actually looking at putting together an entire menu, an entire uh, evening uh, dinner menu where each element has some aspect of a cannabis, cannabis infuse, infusion in it in some way. So other, everything from appetizer to dessert. Yeah, you know, everything is infused, but we also offer virgin sisters. So if you, let's say you bring a guest who doesn't want to partake, then they can have the virgin sisters. The same exact food tastes exactly the same, it's just not infused, right? And let's say that halfway through the night you start feeling it, because it takes about two hours to kick in, right? Let's say about halfway through the night you're feeling it and you don't want any more, then you can stop. Yeah. You know, and you can still still eat what everybody else is eating. It's just not infused. So, you know, being a cannabis chef is all about, you know, making sure that you understand your guests and understand what they're all about and making sure that everyone has a great time. And sometimes people just need to stop. Other times people think they need a lot more than they do and they really don't. And you Uh, find that out. (laughs) (laughs) I've only had one experience like that where I had a guy come into the kitchen. He's like, dude. You know, first of all, he has this beautiful girl on his arm, and so yeah. you can tell he's trying to show off, you know. He's like, dude, he goes, I'm a 300-milligram Corova guy. You're going to have to, like, do much better than your 10 milligrams for me. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'm going to give you 10 milligrams, and let's see how you do it for a couple of hours. And we kept looking over, you know, and he kept taking his girlfriend's food, yeah. you know, and mm. she would eat the virgin sisters, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, two and a half hours later, he's missing. <laughs> Nobody knew where he was. And just a mansion up in, you know, up in the hills, and... um they're looking all over for him. They finally find him downstairs in the guy's man cave, which is off limits to everybody. Yeah. Everyone, they said, yeah. do not go. You're only allowed yeah. on these two floors, right? Yeah. He ends up like sleeping on the couch in the guy's man cave and they kicked him out, <sighs> you know, because he was just, you know, one of those guys that he had to, you know, show off and he ends up getting shown out. There's one at <laughs> so. every party. There's one at every party. Um, so, I, um, and I think that's fascinating because I think that opens up kind of a whole uh, kind of aspects of the cultural side of cannabis or, or kind of the new kind of cultural side of cannabis. It's, you know, it's not the traditional pot culture. And I think that, you know, how cannabis ends up playing into lots of different kind of wellness and social and kind of different lifestyles is, is really kind of the interesting yeah. opportunity in the cannabis space. Favorite recipe? What's one recipe that you love uh, from the cookbook? It really, it really depends on the time of year. Seriously, like, you know, in the summertime, everyone's asking for my dual color uh, watermelon gazpacho, which basically I take a yellow watermelon and a white watermelon and I split it up and you have half yellow and half red in your bowl, right? Um, nice. And then the yellow portion or the red portion, whichever we decide, is the infused part. But you don't know it, you know, yeah. but we just make a big, you know, big deal about it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's really popular. My hazy tie wings continue to be the number one asked for product out there. 
but we are doing some really great things. We're doing sliders now, and yeah. we're doing, you know, Asian infusion. I mean, just like a lot of really, you know, or Asian fusion type stuff. So our we have over 500 recipes. So for me to pick wow, up, that's baby, amazing. I know, yeah, my macarons are one of my favorites personally because I love macarons. Yeah, you know, and you know, it's uh, so we can infuse anything really as long as you know. It uses oil or butter or now tinctures. You know, we do a vegetable glycerin tincture and, yeah. you know, we're making drinks now with that and we're yeah. working on candies and a bunch of other stuff as well. So That's great. And how much time do you spend in the kitchens at this point? Like how many hours a week or days a week? Well, if you would have asked me a few weeks ago, I'd probably say about six to eight. Yeah. But um, we're, we're actually uh, pivoting with our company. Yeah. So I'm still doing the cooking, but I have other people that are helping with the cooking now. While we are actually going into uh, the manufacturing, equipment manufacturing business yeah. where patent pending process that actually makes, takes your cannabis, remediates it if it's contaminated to take, it completely cleans it. Yeah. And then can create the odorless cannabis that when you smoke it, there's no odor. Yeah. So we're working on developing the machines, the equipment to sell to um, manufacturers and pro- licensed manufacturers and processors who want to get out there and put a more discreet product out into the marketplace. So if you're living, for example, in yeah. New York or anywhere yeah. on the East Coast, for sure, because you, people really want to be discreet. Yeah. You can be hanging out, you know, at the park smoking a freely. What we call it freely, right? Yeah. So smoking a freely joint. Which looks like a really nice, you know, um, well, it's not, it doesn't look, doesn't look like a cigarette. It looks yeah. like a cigarillo, but it, it looks more like a cigarillo. It doesn't look like a joint. Yeah. And it doesn't smell like weed. Yeah. So you can be just hanging out, sitting there, you know, smoking, and no one will know, you know. So we're in the process now yeah. of developing the equipment that's going to allow manufacturers to do that. So my time is now being spent on developing that and going to the industrial equipment as well as the home equipment part of that as well. People will be able to do this in their homes as well in the next year and a half or so. Yeah, and I know you're kind of in the middle of all that and you can talk about bits of it. But let me ask this. So, you know, three years ago, would you have thought that you'd be sitting here today talking about manufacturing processes and equipment and licensing, you know, methods of extracting chemicals from plant products. Do you think, uh, how, no, I guess how no, much no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would not have. Three years ago, I would have been like, yeah, top cannabis chef. And I made that. I mean, you know, they yeah. named me top cannabis chef, you know, San Francisco Chronicle, the Canadian uh, Cannabis Awards and stuff. I did that like last year and I was just like, okay, I'm going to be the chef. And then all of a sudden people started finding out about the process and the byproducts of odorless cannabis with my patent pending process. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all the attention started shifting into that area because all the people that I cook for, I mean, you know, I share things with them and I would bring my odorless joints and they would just like, what? How do I get involved in this? And yeah. that's how we're ending up uh, raising the money to make this happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure that's been quite a journey. What what have been some of the sort of better moves or th- things that you appreciate that you did right? And maybe even maybe some things that you didn't do so right, you know, in terms of the process. What are your, some of your learnings having gone through kind of that that whole journey of, you know, from being kind of a amateur cook to, you know, being really a, a whole leader in the cannabis processing industry? I tell you, you know, the best thing I've done was to just be very passionate about what I do and be transparent with everybody and introduce them, not to be afraid, but 
to share their ideas or whatnot. And, and then they end up just staying with them and they die with them. And at the end of it, you have to take a risk, you know, and if you come up with something that's really exciting, do whatever you can to protect it. Like yeah. I said, you know, my processes now are, are patent pending, mm-hmm. you know, but then get out there. And if you get out there and you showcase it and you meet people and you show the product and you share the product and you sample what you're doing, you know, and you're just a good person, yeah. you know, I think you're going to get a lot of, a, a lot of attention and you'll be able to create a lot of traction. I mean, you know, my dinner parties, you know, I mean, those were things I never thought I'd be cooking for celebrities. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine myself sitting five years ago in my apartment, you know, in New York City, like a cannabis chef. What? Like, yeah. But it all started happening around that time. And, you know, I think you just get out there and you just do what you do best, you know, put your head down and love what you do and then just share it. There's yeah. nothing wrong with sharing it. You should be able to, you know. Yeah. And I think it's a big part of the culture at this point inside the, the cannabis industry is that people are still pretty kind of open and they want to connect. They want to network. They want to they learn from each other. There's so much to learn and there's so much market opportunity that it's still it's still very open. Yeah. Um, and you also have to surround yourself with really good people. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the industry that are not good people. Know how to weed them out. Yeah. You know, no one, do your due diligence. I think the most important thing for me was vetting people. Every time someone would say, Hey, can mm-hmm. you do this? Or can I do this with you? I'll always check them out because you don't know who you're dealing with. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people out there you got to be careful of yeah. in every business, yeah. you know, so just do your vetting and due diligence and stay true to what your, you know, what your mission is and everything's going to be guided along the path. Yeah. So in, in terms of uh, how you've kind of stayed abreast of all the changes and, you know, all the dynamics of the market, what have been good sources for you, either in terms of information, in terms of meeting people, conferences, stuff like that? Like, where do you go to to get your information on the latest? Oh, so I am signed up to every um, <laughs> newsletter out there <laughs> yeah. from entrepreneur to MJ biz, you know, right. to like MJ times, you know, I'm, I'm very well connected to the industry. So, you know, yeah. I'm always talking to people, always going to events. It's really important. Yeah. The trade shows, there's huge trade shows, NCIA, MJ BizCon. I mean, there's a huge trade show, just like a fashion trade show. Yeah. I mean, I used to be in the fashion industry. I'm shocked. I mean, I was there when these trade shows had 50 vendors. Now they have 500 vendors, yeah. you know? So, I mean, those are really great sources of information, but also keep your ear to the ground. I mean, people will tell you things that are happening that you're going to find out about a month from now in the press, yeah. you know, but if you keep your ear to the ground and, and you see what's happening and you, you know, you have good people around you, then yeah, yeah just, that's where I get all my information from. <laughs> yeah. And it's always changing, you know, especially yeah. the law stuff. You got to make sure you stay abreast. Yeah. Any, um, I guess, what have you seen recently or what do you think that's coming down to the pike and coming down the pike in terms of the market or the structure or, you know, what's going on in the various states, international? Like, what, what are you kind of keeping your tabs on and see as being big, kind of big opportunities for people in the business? I'll tell you, I mean, you know, I'm in California yeah. and, you know, we just had a huge say, I don't even know how, how to describe what's going on right now, but July 1st just turned our business here upside down yeah. because July 1st was the date when all of the dispensaries had to have fully compliant products in their dispensaries. And if yeah. it wasn't, they had to destroy it or get rid of it. So everyone was having big sales, but you walk into your dispensary today and they only have about 25% of the product wow. they had. Wow. You know, and they're, they're trying to get it back. So that that's a big challenge for us here. I feel that, you know, I'm watching Canada very closely. You know, they're going to legalize, you know, they're legalizing October 15th nationwide, which is pretty awesome of what they're going to do with that. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that uh, cannabis will be descheduled and legalized in the U.S. by 2020. And I'll tell you why I say that. Yeah. I think that Donald Trump want to leave some sort of a legacy. And right before the election, when, when times are tough and he needs those votes. I think if he legalizes cannabis, there are a lot of people, fortunately or unfortunately, that are one issue voters. Yeah. Or 
single issue voters. Yeah. And if he legalizes cannabis, I think that he'll actually change his fortunes on that side. I won't say anything else about <laughs> it or about him. You know, if he wants to go down in history with something good that he did, legalizing and descheduling descheduling cannabis would be it. Yeah. Well, you you heard it here, folks. This is this is where yeah. I was first uh, first out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. So, Jeff, we're just about at time here. Um, if people want to find out more about you, about your book, about uh, the work you're doing about free leaf, what's the best way to learn more to contact you in terms of the work that you're doing? Yeah, so the best thing is, if you want to see what I do, just go to my Instagram account, it's Chef the 420 chef and We're doing really great things. You see some really fun stuff on there, you know, and we'll, awesome. we'll post a lot of pictures of this stuff that we'll do at our event, but also some really cool dishes. JeffThe420Chef.com is my website. You can get the, the cookbook on my website or go to Amazon. It's called The 420 Gourmet. Twitter, I mean, we're out there on social media in every way we can be, you know, and feel awesome. free to, you know, I mean, you can get me through JeffThe420Chef.com. Write me a letter, you know, yeah. I answer everything I can for direct messages to those letters. It might take a day or two, but I try to get to everybody. Yeah, oh, I appreciate that. Excellent. I'll make sure that those links are in the show notes here. Jeff, this is great. I'm looking forward to kind of hearing all the details once this thing goes uh, more public. Um, you're doing some really interesting work. It's exciting times. Uh, and yeah, one more thing I'll tell yeah. you is that we launched the Cannabis Cooking Channel uh, about a month ago. Oh, that's right. Election. So you should check out the CannabisCookingChannel.tv or .com or also on YouTube. So And there's like 12 episodes up already or 11 episodes up already. So definitely you check are, that out as well. You are a busy man. Busy, busy man. You got to make sure you like use every minute of them. <laughs> it's all about the hustle. All about the hustle. All right, good. Jeff, it was a pleasure. I will keep in touch. We'll do another episode at the next stage here. Great. I'm sure you're, you'll be uh, doing great things in the coming months. So thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.